Welcome to Side Talks. Podcast. Wow, you went deeper than I did. I know, right? It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Let's talk about the movies. And now, a look at what we're watching this week. So, uh, Corey, what are you watching lately? Not a lot, Rachel, because um, as I have mentioned now for several weeks um we've been gearing up to move and we are finally moving this week but i did catch <laughs> and this is stupid and i don't have much to say about it but i did i did catch the new mortal combat oh uh, mortal cool. combat um the adaptation of the classic fighting video game that's been around since the i don't know earlier mid 90s um, this movie's complete nonsense. The original Shocker. movie was complete nonsense. The game, you know, there's no narrative to it. It's just like, what if we get all these ninjas with superpowers and make them rip their each other's spines out? And so I guess you could say, cool. well, in that sense, the movie is an accurate adaptation of that. <laughs> this new movie is, it, it's rated R. They pile in the gore, you know, not to a tremendous degree because the fighting unfortunately is secondary to the goddamn exposition oh, and the wow. plot that nobody really cares about. Whatever when are they going to learn that? I don't know. Um, you know, furthermore, I mean, the action doesn't really look that great. It's kind of shot and edited to such a degree that it kind of obscures the stunt work. And what what's worse is that it, it has a cast of people who can fight. It's got a cast of, you know, one of the main characters, for instance, was in the Raid movies, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. which are, you know, tremendous action movies. You know that these people are talented uh, screen um, fighters. You know, they're, they're skilled at stunt combat. And the way this thing is shot and edited just kind of obscures whatever pleasure you might find in that sort of thing. Um Furthermore, it, it just doesn't look that great. It looks kind of <laughs> chintzy and and, wow. and cheap. It it kind of looks like a buddy of mine said that it looks like any number uh, of those uh, superhero shows you might see on the CW, except you know people oh. are ripping spines. It's that bad. I, I mean, I, I think that's a bit of an exaggeration, but it's it's it doesn't look that much better to be honest. It just has a lot more you know CGI and stuff. Uh, so anyway, I don't really recommend Mortal Kombat, though I suppose it does deliver upon its premise, which is you know men killing each other. Um, so if you're into that, hmm. check it out, I guess. But Otherwise, I don't know. I didn't get a whole lot out of it. I'm I'm ready for good movies to start coming out again. Is that ever going to happen? Oh, the verdict's out. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, we just got through, as of the time of this recording, this, you know, endless nine-month Oscar season. And it's like we've been talking about the same fucking movies for nine months over and over again. Everybody's got mank on the tips of their tongues. Mank this, mank that. And and it's just like, can we move on from mank, please? <laughs> can we talk about some other good movies? Can we release good movies again, preferably in a theatrical setting that I can go and, you know, finally sit and watch a good movie again? I, I just, you know, I don't know. You I don't know when this mank. is going to happen. More than anybody said Mank in the last year. That, uh, that no, includes because, at the Oscars. No, I don't know. They were saying Mank a lot at them Oscars. Mank, <laughs> Mank won two Oscars. Um, so yeah. anyway, um, finally we can stop talking about Mank and start talking about Mortal Kombat. I don't know if the trade-off is, is, is worth it. I don't think it is. 
Well, uh, you know, speaking of Mank, what I've been watching is the Oscars. Yeah. So I haven't watched a whole lot else. Uh, I will I will mention two things really quickly, one being the Oscars, and that is I, for the first time ever, we didn't, I can't say for the first time ever, well, the first time ever in the history of the cinema, really, right. we didn't screen the Academy Awards this year because we're, you know, we're, we're sort of wrapping things up a little earlier on Sunday. Yeah. It didn't, it's a long time to put people in the room. And just felt a little like not the year for it, especially at the time when we had to make a decision about whether or not we're going to do it. And prior to that, we've always had special events around the Academy Awards. So this year I was like, this might be, you know, this is a year when for the first time in a very long time, I've had sort of an evening where I didn't have to be at an event. So I rented out a room called the Bourbon Room at the (laughs) On Tap sports bar oh my god (laughs) i thought what better than to celebrate the oscars than to rent a room at a sports bar in liberty park and outside of i guess it's in vestavia yeah yeah so i did do that and it was it was as ridiculous as it all sounds and when i called to rent the room i said you know what 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 game are you watching what what game is on that night that game would be the oscars and there was a very long pause and then he's like i guess we can do that and so (laughs) i guess we can take your money for the first time ever something other than sports were put on in this room and it was indeed ridiculous and i approached it like a sporting match i mean i I feel like that you know like when you run a place at a sports bar they're intending for you to jump up out of your chair and hoot and holler and scream and i did not let them down i i was up on my feet um at points yelling and screaming at the screen and um and mostly when uh, lots of unnotable things it was awkward there were some awkward moments. I'm sure. I'm assuming you watched. Yeah, as well. totally. Uh, so I felt like the presentations were awkward. The the Laura Dern turning to people. I love Laura Dern. This is not a slide on her, but it feels very strange to have her sort of addressing people who are sitting down. Everybody's mm-hmm. craning their neck, and it's weird. Uh, it was socially distanced in a weird way. Glenn Close's efforts to try to try to stay relevant, you know, while they are gift worthy, you know. Just a little off for me. Well, I mean, there's there's hillbilly hillbilly elegy, and then there's her dancing to da butt. So. Right. Um. You know what? That's that sounds like six and one. <laughs> um. So, so but uh, the time when I was definitely up on my feet was when was Francis McDormand's first speech for the for, best for the picture. best best picture win. When she mentioned, please go see this film on a screen in a theater and a biggest screen as you could possibly can. Let's get back into that darkened space, shoulder to shoulder kind of speech. And then, of course, howled like a wolf. Um, but I, I was, you know, the very small amount of time and you can talk about anything. And that's what she talked about. So hats off. Yeah. I, I was up on my feet for that. And that that made the evening for me. So. Well, uh, Francis McDormand being on stage a couple of times was was certainly a delight. I the thing that I wanted to happen the most was was for her to win, not that she needs it or even perhaps desired it, but she won her third uh, Oscar for Best Actress um, for Nomadland, which was my favorite movie of the year. Nomadland won Best Picture and Best Director, um, a, a woman winning Best Director. For the first time since Catherine Bigelow, only the second Which is time nuts. ever. Let's just acknowledge that that's nuts. It's nuts um, because there have been some real great movies made in the last ten years by by ladies, and um, you know it took a long it took long enough for for Catherine Bigelow to break that glass ceiling. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. 
Yeah. Nomadland's a wonderful movie. The, the other big winners, like The Father um, and Anthony Hopkins winning Best Actor and kind of an upset over Chadwick Boseman, um, worthy wins all. And, you know, I, I know that people were upset that Chadwick Boseman didn't win. Um, but as far as I was concerned, Boseman and Hopkins kind of both gave, like, those were the two best performances by men in film last year. So either one of them would have made worthy winners. And, and it's a shame that, you know, we lost Bozeman for so many reasons. Right. Um, but but Anthony Hopkins, living legend, um, winning the sort of career capping Oscar for surely what will go down as one of his best performances. I mean, you can't really argue with that too strenuously. No, I'm not going to argue that. I mean, and No Man Land was, was the second best option there. Promising Young, young Woman should have won. Um, got screenplay like it like, did get like I thought like it would. You predicted yeah. yes, and and I knew going into it, it was not going to win. I just said if it did, I would do backflips. But but again, second best option there is, is Nomadland for best picture. So I I didn't leave upset. All in all, kind of an awkward ceremony, but I did like some of the touches that producer Steven Soderbergh brought to it. You know, it had that opening with Regina King walking through Union Union Station uh, that I thought was pretty sharp. That he shot it in widescreen at 24 frames per second so it had a a cinematic feel even though you know it was ultimately an evening that kind of devolved into chaos and a lot of the choices a lot of the swings that they tried didn't work um you know for instance replacing clips from the movies nominated and the performance nominated with like you said the a presenter saying nice yeah, things about each of the it nominees was it was it was strange the dill pickles the fried dill pickles that i bought were very good though so i did <laughs> well, have some good bar food um and you know that's really the most important thing sure the only other thing i'll say that i that i screened for my class uh, last week was a, a short film. I just kind of recommend it because I, you know, it's one short films can kind of get lost in the shuffle. And this is a short film I believe is on Netflix. At least it was for a long time. If not, you can find it on YouTube. And it's a short little nine and a half minute film called Spider. Oh, and it's really oh, solid oh, 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 oh. and really really fun. This and, is the one with uh, Nash Edgerton. Um, the, I believe the so. guy who plays the prank. Yes. Yes. He's a prankster. Um, it's gosh, a, this movie's great. If you ha- if you find yourself needing to fill nine and a half minutes of time to you know just decompress, have a snack, and enjoy the <laughs> hell out of yourself and laugh a lot uh, in a very darkly it is a way. nasty little. It's movie. a nasty little funny film, and I highly recommend it. It's also a great one f- to show a class and and I talk bet. about narrative structure. The so. Punchline in this thing is is amazing. Yeah. So Spider, take a look at it. And yeah, that's what I've been watching. For over one million years, Rachel and Corey have talked. And now they share with you one of the greatest accomplishments of all time. Their list of the top 200 films. So it's time to... Dip back into our top 200 movies of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going uh, 144 through 137 today. And uh, judging by, you know, you looking at your list, I think today's going to get weird. <laughs> it gets a little weird. Uh, my list is is 
a mixture of kind of weird stuff and also just, you know, more film bro stuff. I don't know what to tell oh, yeah. you. Film bro and out. I, I'm mostly laughing at mine because, first of all, there's a couple of things on here that I'm like, does that really need to be there? What was I thinking in that moment? <laughs> but mostly this, these eight films together would make the strangest series. Well, so I think as you see as I go through, you're going to be like, wait, what? Anyway. I, I'm looking forward to it. So I'll go ahead and start with sure. my 144. This is going to maybe shock you a little bit. And it is Sleepy Hollow. It's a Tim Burton film, Sleepy Hollow. No, Sleepy Hollow rules. I'm not I'm not upset about that at all. I, I It just might surprise you for me, you know. And I, I, I like to rip up at, at Tim Burton, but he was good at one time. He was. This is when he was really good. And the fact that Johnny Depp plays this as if he was Angela Lansbury yeah. uh, makes it really enjoyable. And it just it taps into a lot of my sort of fall Halloween imagery and vibe, and it, it it's Tim Burton doing what he does best in that realm and that world. The the production design in this movie is incredible. Yeah, agree. Yeah, it rules. Um, great pick. I'm I'm very into that. I don't think that's on my list. Um, my 144 is Denis Villeneuve's uh, Arrival, uh, the sci-fi yeah. movie with Amy Adams from 2016. That's just uh, I don't know, just a wonderful movie about communication. Plus, Amy Adams is in it. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. Uh, well, unless it's Hillbilly Elegy. Well. Anyway, I'm going to – let's let's skip that. Uh, <laughs> my 143, I clearly was in a holiday vibe. It's This is going to also maybe surprise you a little bit, and it's A Christmas Story. That does surprise me. Yeah, I like the film a lot. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, from, the delect, from the director of Black Christmas. Yeah. I don't feel strongly enough about it to five-minute fight you about that film, but i that's not a favorite of mine. Huh. Well, i you know, maybe it's because – maybe I'm wrong here because I like this as a baby and maybe it's a baby movie. It could be a baby movie. I also could movie. just, you know, have bad taste. We'll see. Yeah. Um, the jury's out. Jury's out. Anyway. My, my number 143 is a movie that you may not have heard of from a director, an up-and-comer named Martin Scorsese. The movie is called Goodfellas. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah, I don't, it's a really, I'm, really good one. I don't, I don't know what else to say about oh. it. Everybody knows everything about Goodfellas. I think most people could quote Goodfellas line for line uh, if asked. So we don't have to spend too much more time talking about Goodfellas. Well, uh, we could spend a little bit of time talking about my 142. I won't spend too much, though. But it is a it is the very first Programmers Award at Sidewalk uh, a film winner uh, starring a friend of mine. And it is a, a film that's called Small Pond. I've never heard of Small yeah, Pond. I, I think most people probably haven't. It's no slight to that film. It just is, is a true indie. And so I recommend going out and taking a look at, at, at it. What is this? Who's in it? So um, it's a film from 2011, directed by Josh Slates mm-hmm. and starring Hari Lee. And you will recognize Amy Simons. Of course. Uh, and the so, great Amy Simons. Yeah. Hari Lee's been to the festival. Josh Slates has been to the festival. And it's a great film uh, about a, a post – if I'm remembering correctly. And it's been a minute since I've seen Small yeah. Pond. So you guys you know, shoot me an email if I'm getting it wrong. But a uh, young woman who's sort of either late college years or just out of college who just can't quite seem to get her shit together. Uh-huh. Still in the college town. Still working at the pizza place. Still kind of fucking up all the time. And causing not just herself turmoil, but everybody around her turmoil. And, you know, it's 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 funny, but it's also there's some real sort of shocking moments in it, too. Cool. And it's a it's a great, you know, how do you it's a, it's sort of a indie in, really, really indie neo version of, of The Graduate in some ways. OK, I'm into it. I got to check this out. Yeah. Great film. Cool. Uh, all right. My one forty two. 
It's another movie that doesn't really need to be talked about all that much um, because it is a recent Best Picture winner called Parasite from South Korea and the director Bong Joon-ho. Yeah, I'm surprised that's not further up your list, but uh, yeah, you really you know, do like that film a lot. I sorry. like it so much. Great film. Well, my 141 is one that's also going to surprise you slash not surprise you, but I am expecting a reaction, and that is a film called Bound. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I had um, I had the Wachowski sisters, The Matrix, and Speed Racer. It only makes sense that you have Bound. Uh, Gina Gershon. I mean, look, Bound is a great movie, but like, if you were to divide the Wachowski filmography up, I think it's fairly safe to say that you would get bound and I would get Speed Racer. That makes sense. Jennifer Tilly. And the whole film is like, Caesar, what are you doing in there, Caesar? <laughs> ah, it's really campy and great, and I love it. Yeah, it rules. Uh, 141 for me is the first of two Coen Brothers movies that are going to pop up in this section alone. This one is from 1994. It's called The Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, great film. A wonderful screwball comedy throwback with Tim Robbins, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Paul Newman. Great, great movie. Oh, very different film for me at 140 here, and that is a fucked up little movie called Kidnapped. Is this the Spanish language yes. movie? That, oh, man. I saw this thing. I didn't like it at all. I don't remember Sam? anything about it. I don't. We're not going to fight about this because I Why? don't remember anything about well, it. Well, you have to rewatch it then. No, I remember just like <laughs> thinking it was the nastiest, most nihilistic thing, <laughs> which I guess is why it's on your list. Oh, it tracks. I feel like you need to rewatch it so we can argue it because I feel like you're going to be very passionate about it and it'll make me laugh. Yeah, I anyway, could I could rewatch it, but also it's a mean little bitch. Yeah, I'm not going to deny it, but yeah. that is my 140. My 140 is a a wonderful humanistic movie <laughs> from uh, a director not known for his uh, sense of humanism. I'll just say that uh, it's David Lynch's The Elephant Man oh, wow. um, with John Hurt as the titular Elephant Man, John Merrick, who is not an animal. He's a human being. Uh, God, that's Ooh, such a good movie. But boy, it, it'll knock you on your ass. Tough film to watch, which I'm going to get to that and, and just one, one down here and we're going to get to Elephant Man territory. So okay. both of us are landing similarly on a very, very, in, in a lot of ways, kind of a similar film. Yeah. Films in which we watch people kick puppies, basically. <laughs> More or less. Um, but my 139 before we get to that is The Invitation. The Karen Kusama movie? That's exactly right. I love this movie. Love this film. Think it's really great. Think it's a great example of a film that is a one location film, or, or, or really there's a couple locations, but mostly one location that really, really works and is has just the right tone, is a slow burn. eerie as hell, and just rings true true horror in a particular way. I really, you know, I think I was I think I was working or doing something when this played at Sidewalk. I really really wish I had seen this with Sidewalk audience because yes. when that movie like finally builds to its climax, I mean seeing that with an audience I imagine would have just been like everybody just going like what the hell? Well, oh my god. You're right about that. And then when you consider the fact that I passed out red glow sticks and said, you'll know when to lie. Oh, are you serious? (laughs) Oh, my God. I remember walking out of the theater because I went to the front of the room knowing what was going to happen. And I remember walking out of the theater with all these red lit glow sticks. And it was just absolutely magical. Oh, man. The ending of that movie is so amazing, too. Oh, that's perfect. That's just perfect. So that was a fun night. 
Um, anyway, yeah, The Invitation, great film. 139 for me is another great film, but boy, is this an intense one. Um, Alfonso Cuaron's sci-fi masterpiece, Children of Men. Oh, yeah. Great yeah. film. It's intense. on my list. Is it really? Mm-hmm. A little yeah. higher? Yeah. All right. Um, okay, my 138 We're is... kicking puppies here, right? Dancer in the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, we sure are. Oh boy, what can you say about Dancer in the Dark except Bjork? I mean, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's a movie. great film. It is, oh, as as we'll track with the director, um, a very mean little movie. Yeah, it is. But yeah, it's a favorite. 138 for me is the other Coen Brothers movie in this section. God, you know, they're my favorite filmmakers, so they're all over this list. Uh, this is another really mean movie. Um, their dark comedy from 2008, Burn After Reading, with okay. uh, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Francis McDormand, uh, John Malkovich, a hilarious John Malkovich, just being the most Malkovich that anybody's ever been. Um, and then, of course, Tilda Swinton as the world's meanest pediatrician, which is so funny. Okay, yeah, that's, that makes sense. That, that makes sense for you. Uh, my one thirty-seven is Zach Clark's Vacation with an exclamation mark. Yeah, and it's a really another sort of bit of a gets to a bit of a mean spirited little nasty place, but also a lot of fun on the road to that nasty little place. Sure, so, uh, great film starring Melody Sisk, who's been on the podcast. Uh, absolutely. And uh, to close things out, my 137 is David O. Russell's I Heart Huckabees. <laughs> it's like kind of a similar world here in this, yeah. in, in this eight. The, an existential screwball comedy uh, where Jason Schwartzman enlists in, in the uh, services of existential detectives played by Dustin Hoffman and Lily Tomlin. They're running around causing all kinds of mischief and antics. You got Jude Law telling interminable anecdotes about Shania Twain. You got Naomi Watts in a bonnet. You've got Mark Wahlberg talking about how damaging fossil fuels are while running everywhere in his big firefighter boots. It's just the funniest thing. Everybody hates this movie, uh, but it's great. But you heart it. I um, heart it. Little side note here. This is the leaked footage, right? This is the film that, this that is involves the leaked the footage. This is the notorious with... film yeah. that David O. Russell apparently yelled at everybody but especially lily tomlin and lily tomlin snapped right back and boy that leaked footage is well let's just say that i like david o russell's movies or some of them but i don't think i'd want to hang out with david o russell yeah i watch this anytime i have a bad day at work because it is as if my spirit animal is doing exactly what i want to do right so if you haven't seen this footage of lily tomlin really fighting back it's a fun little you know, escape for the day for a few minutes. Fun is maybe the wrong word. So that is this episode segment of the top 200 movies. Join us in a couple more episodes when we hit up uh, 136 through uh, 129. Yeah, we're getting we're getting up there. Getting we're into getting the, up close there. to the top 100. And let us know what you think. Send us an email at podcast at sidewalkfilm.com. Well, thank you very much for listening to Side Talks. We are your own personal cinematic Sean Lennon and Julian Lennon. Oh, Yeah, all is right. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a complicated relationship. Yes, anyway, it is. Anyway, thanks to Boutwell Studios. Um, check Brad's us. shaking his head at this, by the way. This is the, this is the, I'm getting a reaction from him on the show. <laughs> it was really inappropriate. I mean, I apologize. Brad. Anyway, sorry. 
Uh, I'm kind of thrown <laughs> sorry, off. Sorry to Brad. Sorry to Corey. Sorry to our listeners. Just sorry to everyone. Yeah. Sorry, Sean and Julian. Well, I mean, the, you know, they are. Your dad liked they, one of you better. Sorry. They are avid listeners. Um, boy. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, well, check us out on um, social media at Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit sidewalkfest.com for the latest news in sidewalk related stuff. Yeah, and you know what, listeners? We love you. We love you like John Lennon loves Sean, not Julian. Oh, my God. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.